All right. Did you try turning it on and then turning it off? Yes, but it was still speaking in tongues. Uh, you got to use the sage stick for that. Yeah, and citrus sage. Citrus sage works the best. Did you try that? I did, and then the Tampico didn't work either. Uh, did you get an old priest? I, I got the old priest. Uh, did you get the young priest? Oh, no, that's what I forgot. What is going on? Welcome back to the Crew 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Rock Me as always, are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey. How's it going? Well, slightly less cursed this week, so uh, I can tell you we tried multiple times to record that episode, um, and if there was a Patreon exclusive to go listen to, uh, Ricky and I, I think, definitely had some good conversation we were able to salvage for the Patreon listeners, so be sure to go sign up for that $5 tier to go listen to that Patreon exclusive and whatever else we put out this month on there. Uh, yeah, so how you guys doing? I'm doing pretty good. I've had... Uh... My wife keeps telling people about this podcast because, you know, we have a lot of amazing people listening to this podcast. They chat with us in the Discord. Sometimes they're just listening to us on the ride to work, just having a good time doing their thing or to wherever they might be taking transportation, right? Yeah. And uh, my wife has told all these people that, like, we have this podcast and they keep asking me about it. And I keep just going like, I don't know. It's just not going to make any sense to you. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, they're like, oh, well, they're, they're gamers. I'm like, no, no, they're not. They're not. They have to be a particular kind of gamers. We, we were trying to talk about it, and it was like, imagine if there was a podcast about Donald Duck's hat, you know? Not <laughs> not just Disney, not just you have to like the classics. You got to like Donald Duck, and then you got to like Donald Duck's hat on top of that. So it's been kind of a funny couple weeks trying to uh, describe I it. Will, I will always appreciate my wife's bridesmaids at our wedding shilling the podcast for us. Yes, that was that was very lovely. Because they knew yeah, I was going to was... do it, so... That's right, that's right, that's right. The best Donald uh, Duck look is the blue shirt with purple lightning bolts from Quack Pack. Those are fighting words. Oh. Yeah. Oh. The Obviously, Pat. Christmas Donald is the best Donald. The Christmas Donald. Mm-hmm. Uh, I prefer pants on Donald. Right, oh, right. Oh, wow. In 2022? That's right. In this economy? How's he supposed to afford pants? Uh, he borrowed a bunch of money from his uncle. Oh, there we go. That makes sense to me. Why are we still right. talking about Donald Duck when we could be talking about Goof Troop? With the real takes. Actually, I want to talk about Hercules the high school years. Oh, my God. Is that Where an Hercules... actual show? I think I've seen, like, yeah. two episodes of it as, like, a fever It is. It's on, Disney Pl- it's on Disney+. Plus. It's like Hercules in Hero High School. And he definitely tries to get his freak on with Aphrodite. Oh. Who well. didn't? True. Who didn't? Very true. Hmm. Uh, also, why are we talking about this? We could talk about our boy Ed taking down the first RCQ of the season. Wow, just one in Dunskis. And you know what was so funny is he was just like, you know, I feel pretty good about qualifying. I'm going to play Flesh and Blood. And then we have future national champion Ricky over here, professional Flesh and Blood player after two events. And then Ed, unfortunately, did not win all the things that he put the effort into. And then just went to play Magic and just crushed everybody. Just Ed as yeah. does. Uh, well, See, the, as the Ed problem does. is now... Now we can't just like hard six stack plus the top eight of our of crew three con this weekend. I just don't know that it matters because like we're all playing for the invite. Like that's that's like that's the point of this podcast is we are three people that like at the end of it it comes down mono mono a mono then maybe something will happen. Yeah. But we're playing that top four that top eight we're playing you know. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Uh, unless they can split the, the the invite three ways. Right, exactly right. 
We each That's send right. one. What? Just what? just don't tell the judge. We will be deciding the winner with quarters against the wall. That's exactly right. right. Uh, we're actually instead of giving uh, all ten starships to one person, we'll just split the starships even. That'll work oh, out the, for us. The, the Joey Wheeler method. The huh? Joey Wheeler method. Yeah, exactly. Big just fans of Joey. Gamble Wheeler your grandfather's deck uh, for the other two starships. <laughs> Ooh, don't give him to Weevil. All right, anyway, this week we got a lot to talk about. We got some Dominaria teasers. We got some Wizards is maybe lying to us about Legends packs. We've got two Challenge Top 8s. We've got our own RCQ prep. And then we're going to end on the uh, Patreon member question segment. So without further ado, let's start with what killed Magic this week. And I am like 99% sure they're lying to us about this warehouse find. They said there are videos and pictures of the warehouse find, but I have to ask Blake, where are those videos and pictures? Mm-hmm. You showed us, you showed us the wheeling of some very, very pristine looking boxes of legends boxes. But again, for being in an abandoned warehouse that was about to be like shuttered, uh, where you have allegedly found rows and rows of pallets. Uh, also, Blake, I opened a pack of legends five years ago. And I remember half, at least half of that pack. How are you going to tell me you don't remember opening a pack of legends? Yeah, they're like, just like, oh, we don't know what we opened. Yeah, that was that yeah. was uh, Blake going just like, what was your favorite card you opened? And they were like, I don't really know. Mm, yeah. mm, interesting, convenient, yeah. huh? Crisis actors. So what do you, what do you guys think? Like, Ruckman, did, did we just lie? Did we just lie about we found a, a warehouse of legends packs? Has anyone ever in the history ever lied about finding objects in storage units? No, no there's no there precedent. Definitely wasn't a whole. There definitely wasn't a whole TV show about. There's it. There's no precedent. So, like, why would you ever think that people would start lying about what's in their storage units now? Here's I, my, my my. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say. Here's what I know. What I know is that if Mark Wahlberg was there, it wouldn't have went down like it did. That's what oh I know. Oh my god! That's what oh I know. Oh my god! Uh, real like here's my thing though, right? Oh, now I just blanked on the point. I was sorry. Gonna, Come on, the Mark Chris. Wahlberg gotcha. It gets you every time. I and Chris have lived through this before. We yes. experienced the original hidden treasures of Zendikar. Uh huh. In which Wizards of the Coast revealed after the fact that they just went on the secondary market and secretly bought up a bunch of power cards to put in the packs. Yeah, well, it wasn't even, like, after the fact. I mean, people were just like, yeah, Mark Rosewater's walking around GPs buying reserve list cards. Yeah. So, yeah, they weren't even that secret about it. So, like, I don't know. I think that whether the boxes and boxes of Legend were purchased off the secondary market quietly or were actually found in a warehouse doesn't matter, because I do believe the boxes of Legends were real. Oh, there's no doubt. Oh, what I was going to say was, how how easily could this just be a response to, like, oh, people didn't like them sharing those flesh and blood cards. What if we found a bunch of old cards? Right, and now we're the good trend. guys. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, 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 great point. Great point. So I, I think that, one... There's not actually as many Legends cards as they wanted us to believe with them saying they found I mean, pallets honestly, and pallets. 3% of collector packs is a pretty big like margin, I feel well, like. Well, I mean, when you think about, you get 12 in a box, right? Sure. So like you're going to see one like once every two boxes, right? Yeah. Uh, so one, and for one every ta- pack. And for every tabernacle, 
every tabernacle there's going to be like 10 giant strength well, like, right what i'm yeah. saying is like every pack is it's a 15 card pack right yeah so like literally one booster box is going to supply enough single cards because one in 24 is the hit rate right around Ricky, there were rows and rows of pallets yeah i think maybe they've got like quite a few boxes I don't think that this is going to be like, oh yeah, the second print run's also going to have it. I also don't think that people who are like, they're secretly printing reserve list cards again. Like, that's like the biggest load of garbage ever. They should be, but I hear you. I mean, look, one thing I do also find it odd is that like, if we once again are claiming that we have rows of of pallets and pallets, I think the like, here are cards we didn't open really gets kind of fishy. Now I haven't actually broken down the list of cards because for those that don't know, um, legends had an A and a B run. So depending on what run your pack is from, you can't open like a certain subset of cards. So I need to actually sit down and really analyze that list because there might be a chance that like that discrepancy just comes down to all of the packs they had were like a side packs and not like a and B side packs. Uh, But it is just weird that like, yeah, we definitely just made a big deal about reprinting Mana Drain a, few, a couple weeks ago, and now, oh, there's not going to be Man- Legends Mana Drains in those packs. But there's still Tabernacle and Abyss and Chains. Chains of Mephistopheles, yeah. And and we took out all the racist cards. That's so, fine. Hey, big Anybody th- who big complains about that, I mean, you shouldn't be friends with them. I'm not no, going to lie. 100%. Like, <laughs> uh, there was a lot of like, wait, why isn't Sylvan Library in there? Well, yeah, that's, that's so wild. Chair. Because the other cards are so overt. Like, you look yeah. at them, and like, I looked at them later, and I was like, wait, this is a magic card? Like, I thought it was fake. Like, and again, you got to yeah. consider, I started playing in like the early 2000s, right? Like, 04, yeah. somewhere in there, right? So, like, when seeing those cards, even at that time, I was like, uh, what? <laughs> I was like, this is some kind of thing. But like, they were just like, no, no, no. It's like, it's like the spirit of it. Like, okay. Okay. Wizards, whatever you say. But yeah, yeah, turns out, turns out. I mean, like, I remember seeing like the invoke prejudice, like way back when it was like, that's crazy. And then somebody being like, yeah, like they didn't know the guy was a neo-Nazi when they hired him. And then I just assumed he drew one card. Right. But the thing is, yeah. you didn't hire artists for one card back then. Back then, right. So, like, even though only one of them is the blatantly super, like, anybody could tell this is a bad idea card, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it is it is just better to just remove all the cards that, that they drew. Oh, oh 100%. 100%. Uh, so, anyway, you guys are going to move on. And uh, do you want to talk about Pioneer Challenge or do you want to keep talking about uh, Dominaria? Let's keep talking about Dominaria. Dominaria. Yeah, because like, yeah, I, I think it's right. like these challenges, there's so much of, there's so many events, I don't know that we want to go, you know, cover them too much, where it's like, hey, gloss them, but there's so much coverage you can find on Twitter right now, you know? Yeah, I, I, I'm just going to kind of go over the two online challenges. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely, you know where to go if you want. Like like always, I'm going to have the challenges linked below, I'm going to have the league lit dump list linked below, and you know, for posterity's sake, I'll go ahead and just link all of the other uh, RCQs, if you are so curious as to looking at those results. Uh, but yeah, let's talk. We got uh, we got some Dominaria United spoilers. Um, what do you, what, well, first of all, what do you think of the Full Art Lands? Uh, amazingly beautiful. Once again, they are just... Uh, Spoiling us. Really good at printing amazing basic lands. No joke. Like, you remember, lands. like, for the last three sets, they've been absolute, I mean, longer than that. They've been doing Fire Lands for probably a couple of years now. And I'm I mean, happy. like, uh, they've really done a great job. Kamigawa into Kapena into this. Yeah. 
like, I mean, do you remember when Zendikar basics were like the end all be all? Mm-hmm. Don't even understand like the Innistrad ones. The Innistrad ones are also amazing. Oh yeah, Innistrad are the black and white ones. Yeah, the Theros yeah. ones were good though. I like the Pokemon energies. Theros were good, and then we kind of had a dip. The, I mean, the Kaldheim ones didn't have full arts, right? We had the Snow Basics. Uh, there, yeah, there was kind of a dip between Strixhaven uh, had the cool spells. They did have the cool spells, so we'll give them a pass. And while I don't think the basics were as exciting, I did like the D and D like flavor text basics. I hate those. Why is there text on this card that's never had text in my entire so life? So I can throw you the best curveballs ever on the on the flavor text quizzes, but. I can't tell if that's a Dryad Arbor or a Forest. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, no, I think these full arts are great. And once again, just like, my thing is, I don't think these replace my Innistrad or my Nuka Penas. But I will probably be buying the Celestia colored ones for Marilee's Commander deck. I think that's I think that's what probably what I'm going to upgrade her with. There you go. Has oh, she yeah. been liking them? Did she get to look at them already? I haven't shown them to her oh, yet, actually. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Nice yeah. surprise. They looked dope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, though, about the buy a box promo being a commander card? Uh, I don't even know what the buy a box promo is. Sorry, not the buy a box promo. It's the um, the box topper. I don't know that I've seen it. It yeah. makes sense. It makes sense, but yeah, I didn't get to see that yet. No, no, no. Oh, oh sorry. So if you if you don't know, there's like tw- I think it's like twenty three cards that are just like reimagined versions of oh. older legendaries. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That All are right. being included as box stuff. Okay. So it's like yeah, yeah. Ramirez de Pietro, Jasmine Boreal of the Seven, yep. and then Tor Wauki the Younger. However you want to say it. So like, really, can I just have? non-commander magic card like you already give me enough commander cards in this set can we like oh these are commander cards not... only yeah oh they have, i was they actually have a different set symbol i was actually kind of getting a little uh i was getting a little excited about ramirez de pietro for like uh, a pirate's deck no look at the the set sim- the set it's uh they're dmc not dmu well odd but yeah um that's i i would like to say though that's how box toppers work, though. There being multiples of them. I like that. Uh-huh. That's how it, all the other games work. I like that, too, but I also just want to play them in my, like, standard or pioneer stuff. Right, right. I just, as long as we're not doing Nexus of Fate level garbage again. Well, there is there is still a buy a box. Um, I think the buy a box is the Lion or a Loam Speaker. Sure, but that card op- opens in the pack, which is fine. They, they yes. stopped doing that since uh, Caltime. I think before Cal time. Because uh, the Theros had one. Theros has a... Uh, the Black-White God is a buy a box only. It doesn't actually open in the pack. And Ikoria has Godzilla that doesn't actually open in the pack. Oh, yeah, and, you're right. And uh, yeah. Zendikar had... No, Zendikar did the expeditions. It stopped with Zendikar. Yeah. So. I, I, I think it's cool. Like, let's just be honest. Like... We are not the target market they want the money of. Commanders sp- players spend way more money than we do on sealed stuff and everything. So, like, that's who it's going to, and, and I think good for them. I just I don't care as much about the box toppers. I think they're pretty cool, and so I'm sure yeah. that I'll be able to sell mine to a commander player who wants them. And, you know, hey, good for them. Yeah. Yeah, Landowar Loan Speaker is the buy box promo. There's an alternate Landowar Loan Speaker. So how about we start with that for spoilers? So Landowar Loan Speaker, uh, also, if you don't want to hear spoilers, um, Links, book chapter markers below if you want to skip ahead to the meta discussion. Lenore Loan Speaker, one in a green for an elf druid, one three. Tap at one man of any color or tap target that you control because a three three elemental 
creature with haste until end of turn, it's still a land. Activate only as a sorcerer. Mana dork that can animate your extra lands. It's a 1-3, like... It's no it's carried. Bu- it is no carried. It doesn't have Hexproof. That's correct. Uh, I've also seen some people talk about, like, could you play this as, like, a one-of or something like that in Jeskai Ascendancy as, like, a backup Sylvan Awakening? Hmm. Oh, because, like, tap, make your land a creature, cast another yeah. spell and tap and make another land a creature. Make another one? Yeah. Another Interesting. one. Interesting. I like another that, one. actually. Yeah. Um... However, Hexproof with Paradise Druid and Sylvan Carotid has been, like, clutch on Mana Dorks. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But. Yeah. It, it, this card does make me happy that Green Leyline is staying banned. <laughs> no kidding, right? Uh, next up, we have Evolved Sleeper, a single black for a 1-1 human. Uh, with Paya Black, Evolved Sleeper becomes a human cleric with base power and toughness 2-2. For 1 and a black, he evolves, if Evolved Sleeper is a cleric, Put a Death Touch counter on it, and it becomes a Phyrexian Human Cleric with base power of 3-3. Then for one black, black, Evolved Sleepers of Phyrexian, put a 1-1 counter on it, then you can then you draw a card and lose one life. This card so, is dope. It's so sweet, right? Just like Phyrexian Arena as an activated ability that also grows it is it's such this card is awesome. I love I think that more of these kinds of effects like uh Ascended Spirit and this guy. And uh, I just think these kind of like level up without being level up kind of cards are always fun. I agree. Um, Figure of Destiny was great. Ascended Spirit has proven to be good. And this is much more accessible than Ascended Spirit is. And everyone forgets about Warden of the First Tree. I I know about Warden of the First Tree, but that card's less good. Yes. Uh, Uh, Also, let's just pop in there. Make sure we, we emphasize this card is a human. You know? I was yes, gonna say this. It okay. also, uh, I do like how it can because it gets a death touch counter. You can downgrade it. Not that that'll ever like matter exactly. This is always a trick you could do. By the way, if you didn't know this, if you uh, you can activate that first ability again once you're already a three three and become a two two again. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it doesn't have a like condition on it, so. Mm-hmm. If you stole your opponent's figure of destiny that was a 4-4, you could activate the first ability again on it and make it a 2-2 before you gave it back to them. Um, but the death touch counter means that that's, like, not as good. And I like that it draws cards. Yeah. Is there is there a way for us to cheat at being a Phyrexian and just start activating the, the third level? Um, since it only costs three mana to make it a Phyrexian, I don't think there's a need to. I think this yeah. card costs as cheap as it can. And I think That's this card's true. going to be very good. This feels like a kind of card that, like, you know, like, how old Magic, if you look at, like, old Magic decks and stuff like that, you have, like, control decks that just play, like, a four of a creature, and they're just going sure. to eventually land one of them, and it's going to grind you out? Mm-hmm. This feels like one of those creatures. This gives me big yeah. Lone Revenant vibes from, like, way back when, when, like, you play Lone Revenant in your control decks. Or, uh-huh. like, Dragonlord, Dramoka vibes. How this card is... Or not Dramoka, sorry. Ojitai. Yeah. Uh, this card is just going to be in for the long game. Like, it gives me Dream Trawler vibes in black. It's just going to generate card advantage and be a nuisance to deal with. Sure. Less nuisance. It doesn't uh-huh. really protect itself, but it is just going to get bigger and draw more cards. But. Mm-hmm. 
uh, our next, and also it's it's not all at sorcery speed. So like you can just leave man up and do this at the end of opponent's turn yep. type of deal. Uh, our next card, Temporal Firestorm, a three red red sorcery with kicker, one in a white and or one in a blue. Choose up to X target X creatures and or planeswalkers you control, where X is the number of times the spell was kicked. Those permanents phase out. Temporal Firestorm does five damage to each creature and each planeswalker. Uh, so we got tired of kicker variants. So we're just going to bring it back. Heck yeah. So I think this card is not great, but I love what this card represents mechanically. Uh huh. Because what a lot of people don't know is that I spend a lot of time doing really dumb things. And in those dumb things, uh, I've been working on designing my own draftable magic set in which I've become enamored with multi kicker and how to make like kicks multiple times important. Mm-hmm. And I think this is super cool and something I have not thought of, of just like putting an and or kicker clause is super interesting to me. And yeah. so I expect we're going to see a cycle of these and a bunch more and or kickers that are going to be really cool and exciting. So I'm hoping. Yeah, because like, I mean, this definitely, I don't think this replaces, um, what is it, Hour of Devastation? Right. Which, of course, makes things lose... Indestructible. Indestructible, which is kind of a big deal, right? So for the same cost, um, yeah, it, it deals five damage to each creature and each non-bowls, Planeswalker, and everything keeps indestructible. Uh, but of course, the option here is, if you're playing like a Jeskai build or something like that, you could save a Planeswalker from hitting, from your own Planeswalker from taking that damage. But Hour of Devastation can't kill Nicopolis God Pharaoh in Mono Green. Yes, which is, <laughs> which is relevant now. So, you know, the more you know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Our next card: Fireball Stick, Shivan Devastator, X and a red for a zero zero Dragon Hydra with flying haste, and Shivan Devastator enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters. This is it. This is it. This is it. I've seen so many variants of this card printed uh, that okay. were not good. Uh, okay. Like back in Cold Snap, there's like red X, and it makes an X one Trample Haste Elemental. Uh-huh. That was not good. Uh, there's been, like, a bunch of, like, pay X to make a creature that's, like, X big that dies in one turn. This one doesn't die. It has toughness equal to its power. This card is very powerful and has legitimately had me thinking about hardened scales. I would say this does die, though, because it just loses two Fatal Push. I don't care. Haste means damage now. I mean, true, right? Like, I'm not going to hold anything back because it just fails the the dies the Doomblade test of the format. Right. It does die to Fatal Push, but does your opponent have the Fatal Push after, like, the Mono Red Onslaught? Probably not, no. You know? So, like, here, like, you've answered Eidolon, you've answered my Bone Crusher Giant, like, here comes this, like, 4-4 or 5-5 Flying Haster that's just going to be real hard to deal with. So does this bring back the Mono Red Dragons deck, Ricky? No. Maybe. No? Maybe. Sarkin does just add two mana to this card's X value. It does. Um, but this card's just going to be good in all red decks. And uh-huh. I can imagine this seeing sideboard play over Hazret in red-black aggro, or red-black midrange. Uh, oh, no way. Has, ha- Mom is too. Mom is I, way too good. I love Hazret, but let me tell you, when you plus your Chandra for mana to cast this for X equals 8 and win the game, uh-huh. you're yeah. going to feel like a genius. Yeah, but Chandra also does, or Hazard also just lets me, like, filter my draws. Just like, ah, oh, this Thoughtseize I don't need anymore because it's turn 8. Get rid of it. 
once again, Hazret might be damaged tomorrow, but this is damage yeah. now. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Now, here's the card I really want Rick's opinion on. Jaya, Fiery Negotiator, two red bread for Legendary Planeswalker. Jaya, four-star loyalty, uh, plus one, create a one-one red monk creature token with prowess. We get uh, a baby swift spear. Minus one, exile the top two cards of your library. Choose one of them. You may play that card this turn. Minus two, choose start creature and opponent controls. Whenever you attack this turn, Jaya, Fiery Negotiator, deals damage. Equal the number of attacking creatures you control to that creature. Uh, minus eight, you get an emblem with whenever you cast the red instant or sorcery spell, copy it twice. You may choose new co- targets for the copies. This card, I'm going to tell you right now, is very good. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you this card is very good. I'm going to tell you that it's not Torch of Defiance good is the only downside. The, the only thing that I think this card loses to with Torch of Defiance is is that Torch of Defiance can come down and clear a threat immediately with nothing else yeah. on the board. That's the thing is the Jaya minus two ability can clear a threat, but you need to already have a board present. I think that the pluses of Jaya, the plus of Jaya and the minus one are more powerful than the two pluses, the two pluses on Chandra Torch um, because she finds you the card you need now. You look at two, play one, right? If we know Ricky, we know he cares about the now. Right. Uh, it also lets you uh, play it any time this turn, whereas, like, awkwardly you'd hit... You'd, like, Chandra Plus and, like, find a spell that you don't want to cast right now, but you do want to cast later, right? Uh-huh. Now you can do that. Yeah. Like, it's always awkward if you, like, have some guys that can attack for damage, you plus Chandra, see your anger of the gods, and it's like... I'd really like to go to combat before casting my anger, but I need to cast this anger anyways, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then her ultimate, it basically wins the game just as much as Chandra does. Sure. Uh, not, like, exactly as well as Chandra does. So I think this card is very good. You might see it as, like, a one-of in decks that are already playing Chandra. I think that the prowess token is very relevant and very strong, but I don't think this is as good as Chandra Torch. Chris? Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm a big Chandra Torch Defiance fan. I haven't quite found the home for it. I really think the metagame's in a really, really interesting spot. But, you know, I do think that there's a home for this deck. I'm not sure that it has a home right now. You know? I think... The Is It Prowess deck would have played this if it was still around, but that deck is just dead to the world after Express Federation got banned. Uh, it, it hangs around a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Maybe in the yeah. sideboard is like a, hey, look, I'm just going to... Make a bunch of know, prowess guys. Right, like I'm going to run you out of threats with my with my prowess cards, and then I'm going to make more, and then hopefully refill up with you know more uh, Treasure Cruise type action. Even then, man, like... It, Four, four mana is a lot. Wouldn't you rather just have a Torture Defiance that, like, if you can't play the spell, can just finish him off with two damage, right? I will it's so say, tough, like, if the second ability was a zero instead of a minus one, this card would be better than Torture Defiance. This card would be insane if any of those, like, costs were changed. Let, let me tell you where I see... Let me tell you where I see this potentially carrying on if if maybe there's a chance for it. Um, I think this gives you a reasonable shot at playing, like, mono-red creativity if you want. 
because here's another planeswalker that makes tokens and is reasonably strong, right? What this does not do, um, or what Chandra does not do that Jaya does, is make you tokens for your transmogrify and or creativities. So that's where I could see it, right? Like, hey, look, I just, you know, I, I slammed a Fable of the Mirror Breaker into a Jaya. Like, I just went to value town on, like, permanents that are giving me a lot of value, right? Uh, on my value bus to value town, essentially. So that that's where I see this card. I think that if the token making of it is relevant, like that's where I'll see it better being better than Chandra. Otherwise, I think just to finish things off, you know, Torch Defiance gives you damage if you don't find a threat. It gives you mana if you want to cast your big dragon or whatever, right? If you're going to Devastators, whatever you might be doing, I think that you know Chandra's better in most cases. But the token, the token's interesting. The fact that the token is a plus is what makes it interesting, right? Uh, For sure. Four mana planeswalkers with a plus that makes a 1-1 have been notoriously good. (laughs) But I will will say, any of those standard players that are still around here that haven't been eaten by alchemy cards or something, or whatever happened, this card's going to completely control standard. But in Pioneer... Are you for a deck with this and the Wandering Emperor in it in the standard? Spicy. Yeah. Red, white, walkers, and standard? Yeah. Why not? But this is Pioneer, and this card is really close. No, I I, I have thought seriously about, like, red, white creativity being a deck. Again, I, I think the creature token's the aspect that I'm looking at here. Sure. Well, speaking of Pioneer, you guys ready to take a look at those challenges? Let's look at these challenges. Oh, all right. Starting on the 23rd, which I believe the 23rd was also a showcase... Uh, let me come on down here to eighth place. We have Phoenix by X File. This is, of course, no thing in the ice. Uh, only Ledger Shredder, only Arc Light Phoenix build. What do you guys think? Yeah. This is the 23rd? Yeah. Sorry. It's loading. No, no, I saw the second one earlier. Um, what did I not listen? Oh, yeah. I, I like the two thing in the ice. I think it's really good if, if your metagame has like humans in it. If, it. if your metagame doesn't have humans in it, then I think that this is this is fine. But like Thing in the Ice is just a very tough threat to deal with. And I have been finding decks that I want to play Thing in the Ice in just because it's such a strong card and kind of not not the other way around. And I think if you're going to go this way, you at least kind of want Crackling Drake. Like Crackling Drake's definitely another card that has found itself to be very, very difficult to answer. Um, surprisingly so, right? It doesn't get Vanishing Verse, which I think right now is if I had to name a top five cards in Pioneer, Vanishing Verse might be one of them, to be honest with you. Um, sure. And so, you know, hey, it's resilient. It surprisingly kills people, right? When they start trying to remove your graveyard, you just go, well, this thing is still an 8-8 eight, eight, and it's, or an 8-4 and it's, you know, X is going to give it to you. So um, that's where I'm a little surprised that, like, I don't know that eight threats is quite enough, really, for the things I've been seeing. But obviously, you know, the, the X-Files, the one who got the eighth place, not me. But if I was playing, I would definitely be playing my, uh, you know, either Thing in the Ice or a Crackling Drake of the Main, something like that. Sure. I mean, like... I've been playing the thing in the ice on the side recently, and I think that that's, like, the perfect place for it. Like, you want to be as, like, aggressive and, like, uh, swingy as possible in, like, the first game. And then in the second and third game, you can look at, like, is my opponent better poised to win a race against me? And if it's yes, then you bring in the thing in the ices, you know? So, for sure. I think the thing Makes in the ice is really powerful right now. Yeah. Uh, seventh place, we have Gobblemeister on Mono Blue Spirits. Also, sixth place, Sarlanga on Mono Blue Spirits. Kind of a bit since we saw Mono Blue Spirits. I think this deck uh, still can kick around and play with the big kids 
when it hits the right meta. But, you know, I think things kind of just broke its way this week. What do you guys think? Think Mono Blue still uh, still top of the format, or do you think it really kind of dropped off? I think Mono Blue is still always a good deck. I also noticed, uh, did we do that? Like this deck is like doubled in price since we started talking about it. Oh, a hundred percent. I think if you're looking for the the current like budget, like ball on a budget deck list, uh, Mono White Humans is about like a hundred bucks right now. So Curious Obsessions are like twenty six dollars for a playset now. No way. Yeah. yeah. Woo! Yeah, Curious Obsessions are like six or seven bucks each. Thirty-five dollars for Mausoleum Wander, yeah. boys. I'm sitting on a gold yeah, bar. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, like uh, even slip out the backs are two dollars each now. I'll, I'll be a little honest. Let me check these lists real quick because, like, where I thought that Mono Blue was going to be good, and oh, and it, maybe it was because there was just a lot of it around. Um, where I thought Mono Blue was actually really good was against Azorius Control. Because I've been seeing a lot of the players skip out on mass removal and play a lot more target removal because you refill so fast. And it's actually been kind of to my demise playing creativity, the amount of just like one-off removal. And this deck doesn't seem to be running a ton. There's like actually a pretty good mix. But when your Azorius opponent is playing a lot of you know spot removal, you just run over them. I mean, and they, they get to make one misstep and they're dead. Mono Blue is just is that effective at, at dealing the beatdowns. Um, so I have thought that like it's one of its best matchups was blue white control just in how it is able to battle spot removal and then obviously can battle back with counter magic and their counter magic is cheaper, right? They're not running a clunky four of three mana counter spell. I'm talking about you absorb, you know? Right. So and, uh... a little surprised the mono blues didn't just trounce on those Azorius controls, but look at some of these players that you're seeing. And, and I think we can see why a lot of those names we recognize as far as the top eight is concerned. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'll also say that like, uh, one of these lists even running one of Chris's favorite cards, uh, unsubstantiate. Yeah. Uh, which is the way you beat the only good card in the control matchup against you. Uh, you just, uh, bounce the Supreme verdict till next turn. Yeah. And that turn you're already dead though. You've been Shinderud. So yeah. Yeah. That's where that card, uh, gets around the uncounterable aspect of things. And I have, no, made no secret about my love affair with Unsubstantiate. I just love Tempted by the Auric in the sideboard. Dude, uh, I've played against Tempted by the Auric, and I've played against uh, Invoke the Winds in the sideboard. Uh-huh. Invoke the Winds is a scary card. Tempted by the Auric, I mean, like, I feel like if we're already here, right? Yeah. We should probably just pay the extra blue and, and, and make the winds, right? Sure. But uh, I've had my Herald of Anguish stolen by the winds, and I've Ooh. had... Not uh, by the winds. Yeah, I've had Mayhem Devils tempted by Auric. Chandra's tempted by Auric. That's pretty crazy. Oh, no. Uh, so I think those cards are real. I think they're really good yeah. in the sideboard. I think that the days of uh, oh Siren Song or whatever... I think Siren Song. Uh, Entrancing Melody? Entra- Entrancing Melody, that's the name of the card. That's close enough. I was proud of how close you got. I think that card is not as good as the Invoke the Winds and Tempted by the Auric. Sure. All right, moving on. Fifth place, Gracias Portanto on Azorius Control. The non-Yorian variant, let's be clear about that. Hey, it's Blood Control without Yorian. You kind of you know what you're expecting here. Uh, fourth place, though, Togek 
on the Grinning Ignis combo deck that they said, no, 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 you are too good for alchemy. So we're going to come here. So this deck list, four Ilvish Mystic, four, two Lionel Elves, two Prosperous Innkeeper, three Wonder Steamkin, two Tangle, four Hedron, two Thunderkin Awakener, four Bergy God of Storytelling, two Devilish Valet, four Grinning Ignis, four Risen Reef, one Light of the Night, four Collective Company, four Hazards Monument. And we're here just to make a big Devilish Valet. Yeah, re- remind me, I don't actually remember how this combo works. So what's going on here, guys? Tell me what's going on. So with Bergy in play, Bergy Berg, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Bergalicious. Uh, or, with, or with Runaway Steamkin through a more roundabout way, you can infinitely cast your Grinning Ignis, bounce it back, and recast um, it. So with yeah. Runaway Steamkin, it's because every three red spells you cast gives you three mana which is the mm-hmm. three mana you then need to keep activating your Grinning Ignis. And of course, right. with Bergy, every time you cast a spell, you get a red mana, which is the one red mana you need to bounce your Grinning Ignis back. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Hazard also helps because she reduces the... Co- Hazard's Monument also reduces the cost of red spells by one. So you're getting you need, two... Then you need red mana. Sure. But also, Hazard's Monument does let you turn through your deck to find another combo piece. Yeah. Uh, eventually... Eventually, we're going to. Why is Light of the Night in here? What's the target? Anyways, eventually, you're going to have enough ETBs that you either have infinite life with Prosperous Innkeeper, an infinitely large devilish valet, or, or have drawn your entire deck with Risen Reef. Grinning Inkus makes. So it does make the one red to recast it. There's got to be an infinite where, like, but if you, you Hazard's you, Monument. You need a red to bounce it. Because you have to well, the, be. The, the, Ber- Ber- Bergy's the infinite. Because whenever you cast, you get an extra red off of Bergy. And off any spells. Yeah, so there's got to be that you're making infinite mana for this light up the night, and the target is opponent's face. That's got to be the answer. Right, right. I guess, yes. You can make infinite. Uh, I've seen a lot of light up the nights uh, just be like. Uh, Light of the Night can't go face, though. It's only Creature of Planeswalker. I thought I said any target. No, no, no. It's any target, but you deal one extra damage if you don't go face. Yeah. Uh, okay, I got it. Uh, Light of the Night has been used in, like, weird Obnix combo decks where you, like, use Light of the Night as, like, a four-mana eight damage spell or something if you did something stupid to get a big Obnix list. Uh-huh. But uh, I don't know what the Thunderkin Awakener does in this deck. That's really the only thing I'm unsure of. But everything else in this uh, deck is pretty sweet. I've also just... You can buy... I mean, I think it's just so you just get to buy back, like, Ignis, right? Uh, it can't. It has to be less toughness than Thunderkin Awakeners. Oh. Is it like Make your Thunderkin Awakener like Buys back a Risen Reef or something? I don't know. Why not? Right. Like a Risen Reef or a Steamkin? We're sure. Why not? Yeah. I've also just been seeing a lot of uh, red devotion lists lately. Uh-huh. Locally. And other places, I've just been seeing, like, mono-red Nykthos Devotion with, like, burning trees and runaway steamkins and, and you know, nonsense like that. Sure. Uh, that have been playing Grinning Ignis and Bergy and stuff like that. So, uh, this, uh, this deck is really cool, that's for sure. And I think it's yeah. probably a better deck than the weird Combat Celebrant decks. Probably, yeah. Also cheaper. <laughs> Yes, that too. Uh, not by a whole lot, though. I mean, this deck's still $500. Well, I mean, like, that's in, like, lands. Sure. And in, like, unlicensed hearses in the sideboard. In, cl- in your Cocos. Right. But, like, you don't have to drop, like, $100 for your set of uh, 
Combat Celebrants. Combat Celebrants. Uh, that's fair. Uh, third place, Azorius Control by Bolivo. We got the Orion build this time around. Uh, second place, Sebastian Pozo on Mono Red Aggro. We got Anax here. <laughs> this is like some chonky red. We're playing three Anax, three Kari Zev, four Bone Crusher, two Torbran, no Chandra. We got the Embercleaves here. Ricky, what is going on here, bud? So, uh, Annex is a, a big, big boy. Yeah. Uh, I've seen Fanatical Firebrand. People have been talking about this card being way better than I've given it credit. I don't know why, but I know people have been playing it. Um, Monster Swift Spear. Of course, not as good in this deck because you only have like a few cards that it actually triggers off of. You got Burning Trees, you got Kari Zevs. Embercleave is the name of the game here. Embercleave plus Annex. Uh, of course, is a match made in Greek heaven. Yeah. It's just like Firebrand like gets in when the opponent doesn't have a board, but it can also just kill a dork. I think that's what it is, is like it's extra removal. Like it's a creature yeah. to lower your Embercleave cost, but also uh-huh. removal for the elf decks, right? Sure, yeah. Uh, that's probably why people are playing that. Um, like you're on the play, you get a 1-1 one, one that could bash face. You're on the draw, you could just ping off their elf. I mean, you can bash face, and then also when they play their elf, you can just sack it for kill the elf. That's that's what I'm yeah, saying, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's gotta be what it's for. Look at you, doing better than I am. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Uh, and first, oh, go ahead. This deck is, uh, Annex is really, really, really big. Yeah. I mean, hey, it also gives you an excuse to play all those very nice Double Master Floor Burning Trio series. Right. I like this list. I think Torbrand is a little clunky. But, like, since we're all creatures, you know, at least we're not on, yeah. like, you know. Embercleave is still an exciting magic card that I'm amazed is, like, as cheap as it is, really. Well, it's been printed to death in, like, every Challenger deck. Good. Right? But. This this should be the price of Great Henge. This should be the price of Great Henge. Uh, so Embercleave is always just a sweet magic card. And if you ever forget that Embercleave exists, there's an Embercleave literally, like, within 50 feet of you at any given time waiting to attack with four creatures and snap on and win the game. So don't forget about that. That's about right. Uh, the first place we have for MTG on Azorius Control, the non-Eorian build. Real quick, one deck I want to point out here that Ricky did allude to is 22nd place. We have Fingers 1991 on four-color Devotion because we're just going to play Modern Green Devotion, but hey, why not while we're here? Just play Nicole Bolas Dragon God. I mean, he costs five green. (laughs) He does. Thanks to Oath of Nyssa. He's also another Karn. That's like the only reason to play it, right? It's just fifth Karn. Have you ever just wanted, like, you've got a Karn in play, and you're just like, I just need another Karn activation this turn. You can just play Nicole Bolas Dragon God and Karn activate again. It also just means we can win through without needing to combo, right? Like, we don't need persistent combo. I mean, we just need this guy to live a couple turns, and we can just minus kill our opponent. Right. He also is your opponent's card. He also is opponent's card, yeah. Uh, I don't know. This card is uh, exciting, that's for sure. It has a very prohibitive mana cost. So, you know, in case you've ever wondered why it has so many weird pips at the top, it's so that you couldn't play it in a mono green deck. But we're going to laugh right at the Atheist's face, right? Yeah, because we have Oath of Nissa. Yeah. Checkmate, Atheists. 
Wizards messed up on Here's Danny my Gaston. dragon god. What do you say to that? I'm going to pay all three black mana. I believe you can also find it off Storm the Festival, which is the uh, real cheese. Who showed up for the festival? Nicol Bolas. Bolas. He loves the party. He loves the party. Okay, I did lie. There was one more deck in this challenge. 23rd place, Karate Dumb, on just this, like, sick Azorius Artifacts build. We've got Glitness Crane, Ingenious Smith, uh, Metalwork Colossus, Moonsnare Prototype, Portable Hole, Guild Opinions, Prophetic Prison, Wedding Invitation, Haunted Cloak, Brass Knuckles, Dark Seal Citadel, and just a bunch of lands. Uh, We're here just to make big Colossi, right? Like... So, this deck is hilarious because, uh, you know, sometimes you you send a wedding invitation to your Metalwork Colossus, and uh, he's got the Brass Knuckles. Brass Knuckles also makes Metalwork Colossus cost three mana, just by itself, if you did not know that. Yeah, I, I thought this deck was pretty stupid. Um, I still <laughs> don't know that it's I still don't know that it's very good, but when I was like, oh, okay, like, cause I was like, why are we just playing stupid brass knuckles? Uh, but it does actually give double strike to your gigantic metalwork Colossus. So like, if you can clear the way for it, it is, it is just a one turn kill uh, off the one. Obviously it takes you like six turns to get there. And I've watched a bunch of streamers play this and five out of six times, they just die before they ever do anything relevant. I'm just going to be honest with you. They just instantly die. They do nothing and die. But a couple games, it's really cool, and they have an interesting match, but otherwise, it's just pretty pretty lame. Well, I can't wait to hear Chris complain about it when he loses to it on Saturday. You know it's going to happen. All right, real quick, let's jump over to Sunday's challenge. As a Toy Yellow on Is It Phoenix, we're on the 4 Phoenix 4 Thing build here. Uh, we've already kind of gone over our thoughts on that. Seventh place, Ramzamela7 on the Rakdos Sack, uh, our just Oldie Witch's Oven build a Rakdos Sack. Uh, so we got our College Familiar and Lucky Witnesses. Your Obnix is your Claim of the Firstborns. Uh, what, do you, what do you think between like this and then in fifth place, we have uh, Joa Claudiums, the more traditional type of sack, Ricky. Uh, I mean, I've played... I played the original stack deck. I haven't gotten to play the new version yet. Uh, what? How, how are you comparing them right now? I think this new sacrifice deck is super interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, it doesn't care as much about Karn. Sure. I still think it has an awful mono green matchup, even not caring about Karn. But uh, I do like that it it doesn't rely on like just turning wheels. And that it isn't afraid of Karn. Right. Claim the Firstborn is a very exciting card. Deadly Dispute and Village Rights, Eaten Alive even, uh, give you a lot of options to not artifact to deal with whatever you've stolen. Uh-huh. But at the end of the day, I I kind of feel like if you're going to play a Sacrifice deck, concede that you're going to lose to Mono Green anyways and just play the full Oni Cult Anvil old version, right? I mean, just like... When you don't hit the monogreen matchup, Anvil, and you just, like, land that Anvil, land that Oven, it just feels like you just can't lose. Right. And while this is better into monogreen, like, claim the Firstborn, even if you steal Old Growth Troll and sacrifice it, it doesn't stop them from getting Devotion or their Forest, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it still attaches to their... Oh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't attach, right? No, you... You get it. Right, you get it. Okay, so it does stop the old growth troll, uh, but you can't steal the cavaliers, you can't steal 
the boats. You can't steal the planeswalkers. There's only so many firstborns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can't steal the secondborn, you know? Right. And if you don't set up an Obnixilis really early, you're just kind of going to be losing anyways when Karn lands on the board. So, in my opinion, I think the other version is stronger, but I don't think this version's bad. Sure, that's fair. Uh, Chris, you got any thoughts on Sack? Nope. All right, Mono White Humans, we mentioned earlier, sixth place by John Smith, 3373. Uh, again, $113, kind of replacing Mono Blue Spirits as our cheap buy in option for Dauntless Bodyguard, for Hope, we'll initiate three, or sorry, one Kithian Hero of Acros, four Soldier Pantheon, four Illuminate Aspirant, four Thalys Lieutenant, four Thalys Guardian of Thraven, three Islander Spend of Cathar, four Brutal Cathar, four Brave the Elements, two Wedding Invitations. We're not playing the Extraction Specialist. We're just going. Pure, simple beats. Two Sheffet Dunes. Not just one. Two, two Sheffet Dunes. Uh, I like this list. Uh, you ever just look at your deck and think Sheffet, you know? Sheffet. Yeah. I'm going to play no ex- extraction specialist. Just fucking Sheffet. I don't understand <laughs> I why still, Sun Gold Sentinel close. is in the sideboard. I guess it is like yard hate, but yeah. I'd rather just play the whip. It's a beater. There's also two rest in peace in the sideboard, so like... Yeah. Yeah. Like, instead of the whip, what about, like, Lion Sash? I don't know. I mean, Cycle Sentinel also just, like, blows up a thing, too, right? Like, that's the upside here. Hopeful Initiate is crazy that it costs... A set of Hopeful Initiate costs as much as a set of Thalia's. That's kind of funny to me. Yeah. Sorry. It is a blow up a thing. Like, it lets... It it gives itself, like, pro a color, so you can kind of, like, get in there. So. Only if you have three different... is this like one of Night of the White Orchid for like one more on the draw? Like, what is this I like that though. Yeah, yeah. Like, I like playing one of Night of the White Orchid uh, just in case you are on the draw. Yeah, yeah. It's it definitely it definitely shows very smart deck building. I, th- right. I feel like. Uh, yeah. So I like that. Uh, wedding announcement as a two of is probably very good. This card used to be like randomly way more expensive than it is now, so I'm glad about that. I think the deck is sweet. Yeah. Uh, like I said, fifth place we mentioned was Reactive Sacrifice uh, by Joe Claudiums. Uh, I I have no idea if I said that name right, nor do I. Uh, am I going to worry about it? Ooh, uh, Shrapnel Blast. Shrapnel Blast. That's ex- that's, that's real, real exciting. Yeah, right. I'm going to sack the. I'm going to Shrapnel Blast the way this construct token. Deal five. Take, yeah, deal five. I'm going to get this guy back, idiot. I mean, that feels a lot more fun. Like. Heck your heck your firstborns, I'm just gonna shrapnel blast. We're just gonna war crimes out here. Yeah. Yeah, can you, how do your firstborns like shrapnel? I don't think they like them. Probably not. Uh fourth place, Medvedev, Azorius Control. It's our Yorian build. Again, like these are all these Orian builds, they're kind of the same. You know what to expect. Uh as much as I I look at these decks and I'd be like, I I wanna be where the people are. Oh my you god. Know, I see this deck. I just I I just want it. I just want to be part of their world. Every time Yorian says no, Ruckman, you don't deserve me. You aren't part of my world. That's right. So and I have to go make I have to go make deal with a sea witch and she ruins my internet. We can't podcast for a week. I got to talk about the third place list here. Yeah, it's our third place list here. What do we got? This right is here? mono red aggro, and this is almost the exact uh, seventy five that I am running. Oh, this okay. is really close. Um, we're playing Swiss Spear Soul Soul Scar Mage Kumano as our one drops. Kumano is uh-huh. a creature and a spell. Deal with it. Uh, four Eidolon, four Bone Crusher, 
two goblin chain whirler. This is a whirler after my own heart. I'm also playing two goblin chain whirler. Card's been insane in the main board. Uh, Kamado just makes the card impossible to beat, right? What'd you say? Kamado just makes that card impossible to beat. It's already impossible to beat. Do you know how, like, magic players aren't ready for first strike in Pioneer? Like, they just don't. Very true. They don't know. Uh, Play with fire, spike field hazard. I'm not playing the wild slash and the one of lightning strike. Instead, I'm playing a main board Hazaret and a one of something else somewhere. Oh, I'm playing three Chandra dress to kill. Uh, I say, but I'm yeah. playing uh, four play with fire, two spike field hazard, four lighted up, and four skewer the critics. Sam's got his reasons, and I believe in him. Uh, but I don't believe in lightning strike as much as as he does. Yeah, I, I don't feel it. I want to live uh, big and play skewer the critics. And uh, yes, lightning strike is the safe median where we get our three damage for two mana every time. But I'd like to play the game where sometimes our three damage is one mana. I've been to Ricky's house. There are just candelabras just like embedded in the wall. Right. He's been practicing. He's ready to I'm go. I'm skewering those critics. Foil skewer the critics are $23 still. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, that... Uh... Was that part of the cursed episode or was that the week before? I, it could be part of the cursed episode. Uh, this sideboard, uh, the only thing I would change about this sideboard is I would play some number of uh, Raptor. Oh, Rampage and Frost. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, this this looks good. This is a great list. Yeah. Second place, Kvizita Bolo on Abs and Grease Fang. I'm sure Nate is excited to see this. That deck is real. It just it just is. Like, look, Isika's Chariot just makes bad decks good. <laughs> I, I think the, the thing about this deck, because I was thinking about it, right, is like, I, for this weekend, in order to beat Mono Red, because, you know, I don't want to go too much into RCQ plans, but, like, I'm, I'm going to have to play a worse version of this deck, unfortunately, I believe, just to, like, be prepared in case, you know? Um, unfortunately, yeah. some of the other decks I have don't have great Mono Red matchups, and it's such a cheap deck. I don't think you're all deck. prepping for my Mono Red deck. <laughs> Listen, it's not you. It's that I played against two mono reds like the previous couple weeks, and sometimes you get it, but most of the time, like when I'm winning, I'm getting lucky, right? Like the reality is it's an inexpensive deck, and a lot of people are playing it. And I was comparing the deck that I might play as like a dig through time, and you're trying to find your cards. Uh, you know what else yeah. is kind of like a dig through time? It's two mana. It only looks at five cards, right? But it only costs two mana, and it always costs two mana. That card is grisly salvage. Uh, the rest go to your yard, you know, there's a lot of cards that we like because it puts cards into our yard, right? There's yeah. a considers better than opt. And you might think, oh, you want that card. It's better in your yard. It's fuel for the Delve spells. Grizzly Salvage is insane. And the every player I've talked to that's playing this deck is like, man, I turn three combo a lot of the time. It's not every time. Maybe it's a third of the time, but it's way more than any other of the versions of the deck do because a lot of times you flip the top eight to ten cards of your graveyard on turn two. It's not unreasonable to do. And then on turn three, you just play your Grease Fang and get them, you know? And and even when you don't, you got Thoughtseize, you got Witherbloom. You've, you've got a lot of defensive stuff, but you combo so much faster. I've seen some people put this deck pretty low on their on their radar, and I don't think they've played against it. I really don't. I don't think they've read how much, like, oh, you've got all these answers to it. Well, when they just kill you on turn three and, and you had to play a tap land or something, it's it's got a good matchup everywhere when it gets you on turn three, you know? I mean, I yeah, think that coming to my TED talk. I think that the deck is pretty good. Uh, I think that it is the best version of Grease Fang in a Karn full like filled world because you can just 
stop trying to Parhelion 2 and play a different game. Mm-hmm. Like, everything plays towards the Parhelion 2 combo, right? But you can just loop Eska's chariots if you want. Right. You just make a ton of cats and win that way. You don't have to build your, like, play around Karn. And some lists even, like, completely change to different decks in the sideboard uh, to make sure that they can win the mono green matchup. And that's what I like a lot about this is, like, it can, if you don't have the hate in the main board, like Karns and stuff like that, it will just narrow-mindedly find its Parhelion 2 really fast and win. Uh, but if you do have the stuff to stop it, uh, it will just play a different game. Uh, my, so my question is, Chris, you're going to talk shot with me after the works. If you want to build this, I mean, I've got chariots. I've got uh, I've got everything but the tomb. i got all the lenses for the tombs and the dark core pathways for you. So, uh, Ooh, do you really? need to talk... Yeah. Do you need overgrown tombs? Yeah. I've got overgrown no. tombs and so that's the thing pathways. is I don't need the green black lands because uh, you know Bridger's been rubbing off on me. I've been playing green black for a long. I've been actually been playing Absan, um, and yeah. I might have the Temple Gardens because I was playing a modern deck, but I might be off of off of those. And I think that's yeah. about what I'm missing. I have a couple Ledger Shredders. Actually, I was going to play a, again a kind of uh, a Ledger. Shredder well, I've Ledger got Shredder. I've got Ledger Shredders as well. You could borrow. So uh, you talk this to me, and uh, I'll see what I can help you throw together. Because like I said, I've got the chariots, I've got the courtyards, I've got the Shrine, I've got the Temple Gardens. I might have actually Takanuma around here. So, oh, I got, uh, I got Takanuma for these. All right, so we, we talk shop after the show. You got it, you got it. All right. Uh, and then in first place, Cable underscore on Rakdos Midrange. One of Goblin Dank Dwellers in the main board. I love it. I've been seeing I love it. it a lot. I've been seeing it quite a bit. Yeah. Main boarding the whip. Like, yeah, it's pretty big. Uh, I, um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's it for these top eights. I'm sorry. Chris has got to leave here in a minute, so I'm going to try to wrap things up for him here real quick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we can – we can let's let's wait on the RCQ prep. We could kind of talk about our RCQ uh, experience next week after we're fresh from RCQ, right? Uh, and if we want – if people want to hear more about, like, RCQ prep, I'm sure we could do that for especially, like, a Patreon episode as well uh, as we still need one for the month for everyone. But – Real quick before we before we let Chris go, I want to take it to our Patreon mailbag real quick. This question comes from L Cappy number seven. With how much more power creep do we need before we can unban Uro? I just want Civic Control to be good again. A lot. <laughs> you come to me on the day before my own personal pro tour and ask me if Uro can be unbanned. Next question. Ricky, this person, this person is a patron. They, they keep the lights on. I okay? understand. We can't. We don't. We don't. You know what I'm saying? I've R- been, Ruckman, back me up here. Ruckman, back me up here. Back me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been behind some pretty insidious plans in Pioneer. Yeah. I have had some like very Ricky devious calls no for unbans. Right. Fair I, all the time. I yeah. line up for Balistred Spy unban twice a week at my local congressman's house. Ricky's Ricky's been known to sleep in the in the alleyway because we hate his bad takes. But I can't I can't advocate for Uro ever. But you know, if the Angels win the pennant and we get Pioneer Horizons and they just print Ragavan into Pioneer and decide to ruin it like modern, then sure, we can unban Uro. Okay. Okay. Well here here's this then. What is the kind of like what is the most like egregiously powerful card on the ban list that you're like one day it's gonna come off? A card on the ban list that I think will one day come off. Yeah, like that just like right now has no chance. But like in like five years after it gets power crept. 
I think Once Upon a Time is going to come off the ban list. Really? Once Upon a That's Time? That's a sick call out. I really think that it's going to come off the ban list in modern soon. I legitimately... I don't think so. I think that card sees too much play in Legacy. <laughs> that card's so strong. Um, I... I think the card's very good, but I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's good enough. Like I mean, it was. You have eight mana dorks in Pioneer, so like finding the turn one mana dork is not hard, and like in Modern, it found way more powerful stuff more consistently, and I just don't think that it's as busted. In uh, in Pioneer. All right, I've well, got an easy answer. Go ahead. Yeah, Walking Ballista. Don't don't think it should have necessarily been banned in the first place. I think as soon as Wizards wakes up and smells the coffee, they'll see that like with all the other combos that we have in the format that are good, the walking ballista one is is pretty fine, you know? Yeah. Uh, my pick is Smuggler's Copter. Okay. I don't think that one could come off because it's too uh, homogenous. It, I mean, that's like the only reason. That is, I think like if it was a colored card, was it an artifact? I think that is a card effect that could exist in the format. Right, if Smuggler's Copter cost, like, red... One and a blue, or, like... Yeah. Red colorless, uh, it would yeah. be fine. But, like, the yeah, problem is it doesn't, so it goes into every... No, a hundred percent, One day, though, they're going to slip up, and I've got my playset ready. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, sorry to kind of rush things up at the end here, but we got to wrap things up. Uh, so Chris can go eat. We've been keeping away from dinner for, uh, I'm sure, a lot longer than he's been. Also, uh, I almost forgot to mention, uh, 24th place, uh, Carnage Cards ENT on on uh, in the showcase there with the Yorian build of Niv to Light. So uh, stick a pin in that. We'll come back there next week, and uh, maybe I'll pick his ear on that a little bit. But, uh, Chris, what's for dinner tonight? What do we get? Uh, we're still working on that with the wife. Okay, all right. Well, then, uh, where can they find you on Twitter where you're going to post uh, what you just got for dinner. You can find me on the tweeters at it's underscore Christmas and Christmas has no tea. What about you, Ricky? You can find me on Twitter at also Steve. Uh, you can find me posting bad opinions about flesh and blood and good opinions about Magic the Gathering. <laughs> and you can find me, of course, running our official socials at Crew 3 Podcast, which is kind of also my personal Twitter account when I feel like it. And I promise, I promise, I promise Pioneer Progress Series will be coming back uh, any week now. I've got the video about halfway edited, so we should be good to go here either this weekend or next weekend. It kind of just depends. I've got uh, a little bit of work to do for playing Pioneer coming up, so uh, if not this weekend, it's like mostly edited, so for sure next weekend. I know I keep dangling that carrot, but uh, Ricky and I do really want to get back in the series, so it will be happening, uh, so keep an eye out for that. And uh, yeah, also, uh, look, we, we have to uh, do a Morbius watch-along and Cats commentary, so... Uh, Keep a lookout for those at some point in the near future. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, I want to say thank you for Patreon, patreon.com slash crew3mtg. We have three wonderful tiers available to all of our listeners there. If you want to help support the show, keep the lights on. Keep us making this show week in and week out when my internet is not super cursed because of illicit deals with sea witches that I've made. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. 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 the episode was over huh well turns out explore anthology uh one full list dropped today so let's talk about it let's do that man i i'm pretty hyped about this yeah so real quick out of the 20 cards i think it is safe to say that like 10 to 11 of the cards 
are pioneer relevant and only like half of those are actually relevant i think is fair to say right why do you think only half of them are relevant like in making the format pioneer like what we think of as like the current state of pioneer now i will say some of the oddball picks here are interesting and i think like are need to have on arena but like if we're trying to like let's get to pioneer it feels like this is a sign we're really gonna drag our feet I, I agree there. I mean, the fact that we already knew they were dragging their feet because they're only putting out 20 cards at a time and they're yeah, spending... But, like, when one of the... when when what Like, some of those cards are Battlewise Hoplite and Alicia Who Smiles at Death. Again, fun cards. Uh, great cards to, have, like, have, right? That's just, like... Come on. I'd like to really? bring up how, first off, uh, I got most of these right. You got the relevant cards right. You definitely did not guess Shadowborn Apostle or Tainted Remedy. No, I did not. Uh, I was guessing a so, land cycle, but that's not what happened. Uh, but I did <laughs> get a majority you, of these cards right. There's a land cycle in the historic one. I haven't even looked at the historic one. I don't care about that uh, one. Uh, the historic one is wild. Uh, real quick, though, um, what's the this world real quick and then we'll, we'll add a quick minute on because there's a couple cards in the historic one that I'm like ooh I like Lelia the Blade Reforged that's a fun card uh, but anyway so the historic anthology sorry the explorer anthology number one favorite hoplite rally the ancestors in those the soul artifact oh, those are going, fun those are, naming them? those are solid yeah yeah we'll just, okay. I just want to quickly run through them and then we can come back uh, favorite hoplite rally the ancestors again fun picks uh, favorite hoplite definitely uh, has shown up as a very good solid deck as part of many decks in the Pioneer format. So it's a good include. Rally the Ancestors, a pretty fringe playable deck that you've talked about. I love nauseum. this card a Rally lot. is such a fun card. I think it does uh, open up a lot of deck building possibilities on Explorer. And I'm happy to see cards like this because I think this card is countable as one of the playable cards in Pioneer. So this is one of my, like, ten, like, this is, like, pseudo-relevant to Pioneer cards. Right. So I, I've I've evaluated this as 11 hits and 9 misses. That's that's kind of where I'm at, but yeah. But I, I, I can justify almost every miss in this, honestly. I really can. I think that I see it. Okay. All right, well, in blue, we got in Soul Artifact, Mausoleum Wander. I'm happy for Mausoleum Wander and Soul Artifact... Not so not so really prevalent right now in the meta, but I feel like it has is been. a long is it has been right like it's gone through is it it's gone through Azorius kind of a long standing pioneer archetype that like for a casual player looking to get in the format I think is kind of a a fun deck to look at right I think that these are both excellent additions for the two blue cards that we're gonna see you know I think so too I think so too and, and again like you know. I maybe w- I don't even know like what other white card I would have liked to have seen. I think the both the white cards are fine, honestly. Um, the blue cards, I think both of the blue cards are definite hits here. Uh, now here's where we start getting some issues in the black cards. Kalidus, amazing. two thumbs way way up. Great, pick amazing here. hit. Shadowborn Apostle. Okay, now Shadowborn Apostle and Tainted Remedy. Yeah. Neither of these cards are Pioneer playable. But both of these cards are huge for casual players. No, and again, the I see that, The right? average Magic Enjoyer loves these cards. And I think it's okay 
to, while we're inviting people to the Pioneer format, also go, hey, bring your weird Tainted Remedy decks, bring your weird Shadowboard Apostle decks, you can play them here, and like, you know, once every three games, it might work, you know? What's funny is one of the, I think it was the Kruthi Discourse talking about how just like, Tainted Remedy is the counter for the Angels deck. It is. So that's like oddly relevant to explore. I think it's funny. Shadowborn Apostles also remember with Shadowborn Apostles, you only need to craft four, and then you have an infinite amount in your collection. Right, that's just budget friendly right there. Four that's common right, wild cards perfect. and you have an entire deck. The deck is perfect. They give you the swamps for free. Yeah, like again, I think you're definitely right with these two cards that they are very casual, friendly, like people casuals will get excited to see these cards. Mm-hmm. And you need to target the casual audience if you want people to come into it and, like, build up a format with. Mm-hmm. Uh, red cards, uh, Alicia Who Smiles at Death. Again, a card I like. Is it in Pioneer Relevant? Like, never. But... This is a uh, very big casual card. Casual people this is love for, this card. This is here for the historic Brawl players. Exactly. The historic Brawl players love this card. I'm amazed it wasn't already in the game, to be completely honest, because of how popular this card is yeah for for plenty of reasons right besides the representation aspect of alicia uh again just how just deep, like good of a card it is in casual play right um searing blood i think is a big win um you know i don't think it was high on the red players list to get searing blood but i think it is a relevant sideboard card in a lot of points in pioneer's history when the meta shifts to more aggressive decks this is a very good sideboard card for the red decks yeah. Uh, right uh, now, it's a big deck format, so this is not that great right now. But I, they're helping. And then now the other two, the other two picks definitely feel like someone at Wizards really loves Electrostatic Pummeler. So this is just like they're putting a lot of heroic stuff already. Mm-hmm. I think Death Shadow is in Historic, so they want to get Team Battle Rage in the game, anyways. Sure. And then Titan Strength, like this is clearly like. They're not up to date on what the cards the heroic deck is missing, right? Which is honestly nothing now that we have favorite hoplite for the most part. I think it's just Swift Spear is all we're missing for the heroic deck. Yeah. And how how easy is Swifty to like dude? What of these just could have been Swift Spear? I yes. I agree. I think the biggest misstep here is Titan Strength. I think it's probably the worst card in the list. Yeah, uh, I think so. maybe I'll agree maybe with you on that. Maybe second worst, because this card is actually playable, and some people do run a one-of in Heroic, and or sometimes two-of. It yeah. does just get people sometimes on your, like, Virtuoso. Yeah. But, like, most lists have stayed away from this card lately, but mm-hmm. um, it's here. I do think that, like, I can understand in a little bit, I can understand a little bit of wanting to, like, Make sure we don't go crazy and put all the, like, let's scale up the power level. But sure. then we get to green. Yeah. We green can say that all the way until we get to green, in which they put Elvish Mystic. And Tireless Tracker. Both good. Definitely definitely not on the power of Elvish Mystic, right? But Tireless Tracker has seen, I would say, consistent pioneer play at, at all, all kinds of tiers. Elvish uh, Mystic it, is, in my opinion... Short, short of Nykthos, just a declaration of we don't care about balancing the format while we add these cards in. Elvish Mystic is scary. Because now, 
like the eight elf decks get to exist while there's still no Swift Spear, while there's still no uh Oh, well, I guess they did put in the uh the Mausoleum Wanderer, right? Just like yeah. the uh, opposing one drops don't get to be as good. Like the other power cards for other decks don't get to appear as often. I, I think mm-hmm. that this is a little aggressive, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, but you're right, though. At least they didn't give us Nykthos. Right. But hey, this is going to make fight rigging way better because you don't have to play the stupid goose. Fight rigging a best of one now? Heck yeah. Uh, and then back to nature. Hey, that's a, that's fine a good sideboard, sideboard card. card. Perfect sideboard card. I occasionally, you know what, depending on uh, my local meta, I always pack one or two of my sideboard of green decks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when uh, when my, my buddy Sawyer decides to play his prison deck, we just get the blowouts. Right. Uh, all right, multicolored cards. I think there are two good hits, an okay hit, and then like a eh hit. I think there's only one bad. Like Once again, I really ultimately think there's only two complete misses in the whole set. I think Battlewise Hoplite is Hoplite. a complete miss. Yeah. I don't know like, what they're thinking. It's just like it's Battlewise Hoplite is even played in like the Azorius Heroic decks. Right. Like, I just don't know what they were thinking with this one. Nobody cares. Yeah. Siege Rhino, they knew They knew it. They they came in. They had one job. They failed at it. They didn't give a Swift Spear. But they gave a Siege Rhino. So, I mean, that counts Siege for something. Rhino. And people will play it in its People will. The thing is, will they win with it? That doesn't matter. People are going to play it. Yeah. Um, Slaughter Games, I feel like it's been replaced by, like, Necromentia and things of that nature. But, uh, but I've hey, seen slaughter games and divmisit lists and stuff. Yeah, so yeah, I don't Nib, think it's a Nib, bad. Happy. I don't think it's a bad include. I think it's a perfectly fine. Like we need to fill out like cards like slaughter games are cards that like people when they go like, oh, I could put all of pioneer on arena and hundred cards. This is one of those cards that would get like fallen through the cracks and not make it right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm happy to see it here. You know there are going to be people that would complain about that 100 cards not including Slaughter Games. Right. Exactly. Uh, Supreme Verdict? Supreme Verdict. Great this hit. Is Great honestly, hit this is on my, like, in my opinion, the five cards that they, like, really needed to add to make this format feel like Pioneer was, like, Supreme Verdict, Kalidus, Swift Spear, T-Cruz, and Nykthos, and we got two of them. Yeah. Hey, Siege Rhino, because there's, there's always got to be someone uh, playing a Siege Rhino deck. Right, like the Bolus players? Like the Bolus players. Uh, uh, last two cards here. We got Hangerback Walker, which hasn't been seen since we, we banned, uh, since we kind of got rid of uh, counters. Is Hardened Scales in the format on Arena? I think, I think it, it is. Let me check Jumpstart, right? Yeah, it was definitely reported in Jumpstart because it was a one-one. I'm theme. pretty sure it was. Let me double check Scryfall real quick. Scryfall, tell me something good. It is Explore Legal. Cool. Uh, so I think this is fine. I've been thinking about Hardened Scales decks anyways, uh, mm-hmm. recently, especially with the Shivan Devastator coming out. So like, I think this card's perfectly fine to put on the format. Honestly, didn't know it wasn't there. I thought it was because uh, Kaladesh Remastered happened. But this is from Origins. Yeah, but this is a Kaladesh card. <laughs> Ricky. Oh my god. It's from Origins. All right, and the Darksteel Citadel because it would be stupid to print Insult Artifact without its best friend, Darksteel Citadel. 
I think Dark Steel Citadel is an absolutely wonderful include. Yeah. I mean, hey, and then Historic gets all 10 of the other artifact lands. I think the problem is not that these 20 cards aren't good enough. I think these 20 cards are pretty good if we got to pick 20 cards, you know? Yeah. I think this is a fair amount of hits from Watsi. No, I think I, uh... the bigger problem is that we're only getting 20 cards and they're slow dripping in Pioneer. Meanwhile, they're drowning us in, in alchemy cards that nobody wants. Please, if you want alchemy cards, call me. Not one nine hundred mix a lot. Kick those nasty thoughts. <laughs> Ricky's got a drawer full of bad cards. Yeah, I just want to know why you want alchemy cards and what you do with them and how you sleep at night. Uh, maybe, maybe they'll print the one piece set for you. I've got that one piece set. Just in alchemy. Yeah, just in alchemy. Maybe I'll talk uh-huh. to him. Maybe I'll finally get my American Dragon uh, Jake Long secret layer that I've been asking for. <laughs> uh, okay, real quick though, since you asked, you didn't know the historic anthology was. Uh, it's got Abs Angel of Hope, Phyrexian Metamorph, Ophiomancer, Knight of Souls Betrayal, Lelia the Blade Reforged. That's the card I'm excited for. Uh, Go Shintai of Life's Origin, Tarmogoyf, Glimpse the Unthinkable, Chalice of the Void, Retrofitter Foundry, and then all 10 of the Modern Horizons Artifact Dual Lands. The Bridges? Mm-hmm. Great. Thanks for the bridges. Hey, you can install those bridges. Woo. They are indestructible. Yeah, but like, this is so weird. Chalice, Goshintai. Of course they're going to give them glimpse. Right. Who's hungering for Night of Souls Betrayal? Yo, there's got to be that person, right? Yeah. Someone somewhere is just like, oh man. Is Night of Souls Betrayal on there yet? No? Alright, I'm out. Alright, not not interested. Not installing. I'm glad that you've got that customer now. Yeah. Yeah, like like I said, I, I think I'm less mad about the cards that they picked for the Explore Anthology, and more just like the, oh yeah, this just, we are gonna slow drip out the cards, huh? Like, I just think that's the real slap, right? Yeah. So I, I think that everything else is like fine, honestly. Whatever. But like this is really the best. Like it's kinda like I, we're just sort of asking like wizards really? You know? Yeah. Uh so I just think that it's uh Yeah, just uh just craft the cards you want and don't buy the bundles. <laughs> like gee, honestly, I feel like Who's buying these bundles? Just craft them. Yeah, especially when so many of these are like comms and uncommons. You've right. got all those wild cards lying around. I got wild cards. I'm ready. Yeah. All right. Well, Ricky, thank you for joining me real quick on this little pickup of the Explore Anthology. So, yeah, I mean, like we said, we're not super upset about the card choice. We're just upset about the, the nature of them. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully, with one of us having won Crew 3 Con. Yep. Pro Tour Crew 3. Pro Tour Crew 3. Come come play us in quarters against the wall to see who goes first. Oh, man. I'm ready. I picked my favorite <laughs> Doc, quarter. Got... Oh, it's a 50 cent piece. Oh, hold on. It's <laughs> cheating. All right. But y'all have a good one. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.